welcome, welcome, welcome to another Self-Care You podcast with your host, Sharon D. Brown, the number one self-care giver in the world. And so with this episode, we have a great episode with Good Day Maza. He's a licensed marriage family therapist and a motivational speaker and he will be speaking with us about suicide in the black community especially the impact it has on black men and so thank you for listening to this episode suicide in the black community especially um, how it impacts black men and so Tell us a little bit about yourself first before we move on. Yeah, no, thank you, Ms. Brown. And first and foremost, I appreciate the time. And I appreciate you just being intentional about my name. So um, my name is Gede Maza. I'm a LMFT. And for the folks that don't know what that means, it stands for it's a licensed marriage family therapist. Um, I'm on the West Coast of, of the U.S., specifically California um, and the Central Valley. So Fresno is as close to the center of the state as it gets. So we like to, one of our claim to fame is that we are the center of the state. So a little bit about me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And so I wanted to bring this topic to the forefront. Um, I know in general, like for anybody who follows self-care for Black men, you know, we're always so positive and inspirational and just talking about different things. And the whole goal of self-care is to hopefully where someone will not experience that leads up to suicide. And so in saying that, part of it is we do need to have a conversation about it because there are lots of misconceptions and just lots of things people don't know. And one thing that I've learned on a personal basis and professionally is anything that we don't talk about doesn't get talked about. And so we really do need to talk about suicide. So in general, can we just say the word suicide what kind of comes to your mind when you just hear that? Just the word suicide. Two things. Um, death, so physical, you know, the literal physical form of death. And then um, I, I think the one that isn't oftentimes talked about in suicide, which is this, this emotional, social, like visual pain that we experience as black men and boys that we house in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so death in those two forms, um, but also loneliness, also um, secrecy. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one, the secrecy. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think we can dive into it, Ms. Brown, and, and, and I'm co-signing this idea of what we don't um, allow space for, right, which is the idea behind secrecy, um, or room for 
we really we can't begin i think personally to um to heal mm-hmm. right so i love this idea of um conversation and it's probably one that like for for a lot of my men and especially my young men drive them crazy because they come to me seeking a solution seeking an intervention and, 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 you know, my style and my form tends to be, we're going to slow down first. We're going to understand your um, history, your story, what that means to you, for you. And then we get into this idea of um, depersonalizing the experience just enough to, to where we can see it outside our bodies and outside our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so conversation is key. Um, to this process. So I, I definitely appreciate just you being even able to articulate that for folks that this idea is we, let's, let's talk about it first. Um, and, and I actually even challenge this idea of conversation with let's talk about the, the secrets. Let's talk about the dark stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because oftentimes it, it's, it's easy to feel good and survival mode almost always tells us in the back of our brain will almost always tells us to, to feel good first, mm-hmm. right? So, so a lot of my young men already are coming with this pain that, that they don't like to talk about, but I, I push them, you know, gently and, and nudge them gently into no, you, you know, your freedom is actually in the dark. Mm-hmm. Let, let's shed light to that first. Yeah, most definitely. And when you had said this notion of feel good, it's like, I see that a lot. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things. And one of the things that I tell people, and I've even learned this too, you know, on a personal or in a professional basis, especially when I'm helping people through things, is that I guess the best way I can say it is what I have learned about myself is that even though I've been in this field (laughs) for a long time, but I myself really either don't know how to experience or never experience things that are uncomfortable. So you find a way to avoid it. So it's like, I never felt that. Oh, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, this is what our internal being does to protect us. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, in the long run, it's not helpful, you know? And so, cause you were talking, and that kind of goes into what you were talking about earlier of how things live into the body. And so meaning that we don't even know, cause I'm into this body thing now, embodiment thing. <laughs> so we don't even know, I kind of feel like this is what the thing that people deal with the most is because of not knowing what to do with this thing that make us feel awful, you know, not to know what to do with it. Cause it physically hurts is, you know, it's not just an emotion. It, physically hurts and I kind of say like the nervous system just doesn't know what to do with it you know and learning what that is and what it looks like and know that there's going to be a other side of it 
But um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to kind of just point that out. You, you know, it's, you know, and yep. even though we kind of tell people, yeah, em- embrace what you're feeling and, and things like that. But it's, it's a lot if you never experience anything because the nervous system is like, what is this? Oh, no, let's get out of here. Let's hide and duck, you know, yep. and whatever it may be. But yeah, I, I do think that in acknowledging and recognizing that, you know, um, and that kind of call happiness fluctuates mm-hmm. and we need to know that. Mm-hmm. Y- mm-hmm. you know and, and and i would also say this i mean just suicide is it's a complex issue i mean to think that we have folks who um, in our community who right or wrong if we're being honest about it um are in so much pain that the only option that they see out right um mm-hmm. And by the way, they're a small percentage of, of our Black community, but then even a smaller percentage um, of folks who complete suicide, because that's different, um, of, of our culture, but that they're in so much pain that their exit is, like, it, it's that fatal. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's how raw um, I, I get with my, uh, with my young Black men, and, and boys very specifically, because, you know, this is literally life and death. Like, you know, we have an environment that's killing us. And then we have an internal environment that is also killing us and then reacting to the outside world. You know, so yeah. I, I tell my guys, like, this is life and death. Um, and, you know, this idea that, you know, Black men and boys don't don't commit suicide, right? Like, we, we don't do that. We, we're too far in love with life. Like I remind my guys, um, be careful how much of a fantasy that, that we live in, because we got to remember we're, we're human first, and then we're men, and then we're black men, right? So this idea that we don't do this, you know, again, the secret, we don't do this, we're too in love. There's truth to that, but be careful because that becomes a, a fantasy and that becomes a cover to we don't talk about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then um, in adding to that, that is kind of like where people, um, if they're f- having those feelings, you know, they're, that is just so overwhelming for them, that makes them less likely to talk about it, to seek help and things like that. And then especially, I would say, depends on you know like the type of personality a person has you know just meaning if you're a happy go jolly type of person or someone has a particular stature in the community or in your school you know or you're the captain of a football team I'm just using as those are examples you know just mean that if someone looks up to you especially the strong friend you know, but not realizing what that person has to carry, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so there's, there's a, oh man, I mean, it, it's almost like this topic, 
it doesn't get talked about enough. And even when you talk about it, there's just so many different angles that you can really um, explore, to be honest. But the main thing is, is that it does exist. It exists and it's, it's happening. Like I keep it that present, it's happening. This isn't mm -hmm. something historic, although like the, the historic part of it is very relevant to us. Um, it's very present um, and, and very specifically, you know, and, and here's the thing, I, I'm, I'm careful with statistics because I, I think the, the societal statistics um, I'm big on language and, and the importance of language um, of suicide for us as black men um, is very tricky because of the who, what, where, when, why, right? Again, we don't do these things. So oftentimes suicide is categorized as something else, right? There's a racial element to it. So, so I'm, I'm careful with statistics because I think they're dismissive and, and they don't tell the full picture of, of us as like black men in general. Mm -hmm. However, we're, we're talking about boys between five and, and seven are, are committing suicide, mm -hmm. right? And, and then we take that even further across the span of us as Black men, and it's a lifespan challenge, you know what I'm saying? Everything from five-year-olds all the way to, to some of our men that are like in their 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. So th this is happening, um, whether we feel the way about it or not, we, we have to be able to be raw about it, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Now, one thing that I've seen in working in the field in that, let's say someone does come forward, whether it's a child or adolescent or an adult, I kind of call it, you know, with the everyday living, sometimes what happens, what I've seen is that, you know, and, and, and people don't mean any harm by it, mm. but it's like they kind of going back to the happiness type of thing, you know, it's kind of like where everything is going to be okay, you have everything to live for, why would you, you have everything going for you. Why would you do this to your family? But then, let's say, you know, um, back to the home life, the person decides mm. not to do it, but there's still dynamics that are still there, but nothing has really changed. Right. You know? And so... I'm not, I'm not really making a, a question per se, but, and I, and I see it kind of for both sides too, meaning like for family and friends, it's a lot on them as well, you know, to worry, to think, and, you know, there's so many different scenarios out there. I don't even want to um, get into anything Pacific per se, but, and I guess I really just want to focus on the person who may be experiencing those thoughts and for, you know, someone who's watching and trying to figure out how it can help. 
it's kind of like, okay, well, you're telling someone that they have everything to live for, but nothing has changed on the external. So how can family and friends really help? You, you, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> That's another complex one because, I know, you know, for, I know. Me, for me, for me, what, what it goes back to Ms. Brown is um, number one, it's scary right, to, to think that we take our lives. Mm -hmm. so, so part of the larger community language um, needs to be around what are our fears, right, as, as a community and as a family when someone comes to us and says, I, I don't wanna live, mm -hmm. right? The, the, there's prevention intervention stuff, right? Crisis management, making sure that folks are, um, that we as men are taken care of where, we're, where we need to be, but, but I think it's, it's this larger, for me, um, psych ed of the community, right? So where am I coming from, for example, if, if my brother, um, and how much of my work have I done to really hear him? Because that's the other challenge, Dr. Fudd, with mm -hmm. folks is not only are we afraid, because we don't know what to do, right? Let alone a therapist, if we're being real. A therapist, we don't honestly know what to do, and we're not necessarily trained to that depth, except to go back to let's make them feel good. Right? Mm -hmm. rather, rather than let me hear what you have to say and how can I like keep you safe mm -hmm. you know but I know that because you know I've been trained and, and all kinds of good stuff so I, I, that's a tough question to answer I, I hope what I put out there to the audience makes sense mm -hmm. a lot of this is conversation yeah. um, and, and psych ed of the community for example a lot of my young men that I work with, we almost always are revisiting this idea of not only safety, but what safety and language means to us. So yeah. my, my young dude, all they've ever experienced, as extreme as this may sound, is to house our pain, mm -hmm. right? And what do we do? We let it live, it, it digests in our bodies, the nerves start acting up, and then eventually it comes out. So we talk about you know, the difference between letting these thoughts live in us that are very normal for everybody, if we're being honest, including myself, right? And how do we allow that stuff to leave us, you know, like the, the church may even say to, to let go of, but again, none of these things I think really just, they can't happen and nor can we help our black men and boys from a place of um, fear. Mm -hmm you know, and, and, and unhealthy fear, right? That says, you know, I'm gonna save you and um, how dare you wanna do this to friends, family, community. Um, it's tricky, it's tricky. But, but again, it goes yeah. back to, you know, what I hear from my guys is um, the only way I know how to articulate my pain and to get attention for my pain, for example, is to say, I'm going to hurt myself. Mm -hmm. right versus somebody that will actually commit suicide I, you know again there's for me there's huge differences um I've only experienced for example one person um in in like my career who who has committed suicide and um as as raw as this may sound there was nothing anybody could do mm -hmm. multiple hospitalizations um family support contracts that were drawn up and and you know that individual was that far inside um 
but the vast majority of my young black men and, and boys, like once we start IDing these like scary thoughts, suicide, and, and we start differentiating the language, oftentimes what comes out is I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. And the only way I the only way I know how to say I'm hurt physically is through my hands and feet, right? Violence. And or I have to make my language big. Mm-hmm. I gotta get big about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and by you saying that, I think that's probably one of the main thing that kind of comes out of what I just was asking. Part of it, I really just wanted to bring attention to it in one sense where people, you know, if you have family members, there are things that you can do, but then at the same time, there's things that sometimes nothing that you can do, but to really listen to the pain, you know, and most of the time, that's what people need is for someone to listen to their pain and hopefully, um, you know, through other things where, you know, we kind of talked about earlier how that pain feels inside the body. What I tell people is that it would dissipate. It really does. If you can work through it and that, you know, kind of again, as a society as a whole, no one never really talked to us about that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what do you do when you're feeling pain? You know, I say in general, you know, men suffering in silence, women talk, but at the same time, sometimes we're not always talking about those deep feelings, but for both men and women, no one never really taught us how to deal with, you know, the, the pain that comes through our body, you know, and that's the thing we end up avoiding the most. And then, you know, when it's too much, um, from the, for the nervous system. And then it's too much for the person in which it is true. You know, it's not about, I always try to say, it's not about being strong. Um, Mm. it's not about that. It's, it's just too much, you know, and it's too much to uh, process, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, we, we can take this to depth and, you know, one of the other things I think about, especially when it comes to, um, our community, and, and you know, this is a harsh reality, and, and I don't, I, I know that it kind of sits differently with folks, but our community did its best from the West Coast of Africa into the States to survive. Yeah. Did the best that we could do. Oh, yeah. And, and then that best turned into, right, like when we talk about a, a hostile war-like zone in, in America for Black folks, and specifically Black men, that turned into our, our parents doing their best to protect us. And oftentimes them protecting us wasn't in the healthiest ways. It was the ways that they literally knew to do because if you were strong, if you were tall, if you were fast, um, if you were articulate, those were all danger signs, mm-hmm. right? You, you were going to be sold off and taken from your mother and your father. So our, 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 our folks understood early on the best thing to do, right, as wild as it may sound, is to keep us close. There needs to be a level of harm. Mm-hmm. Now, was that conversation had? No. Um, and rightfully so. You know, our folks didn't have time for that. 
Mm-hmm. And then that led on to this idea for me of secrets, right? More and more secrets to protect and survive. And now we're at a time where this this like wound, you know what I'm saying? Like this soul wound that's super deep is wide open. And, and it has other folks perpetrating, you know, black men and boys literally to the point of death. Um, which is why for me, like this idea of, of suicide is something that absolutely has to be talked about. It has to be um, in a very raw and real way. Because if it isn't, it, it's this elephant in the room that we keep dancing around, right? And mm-hmm. oh, well, so-and-so took their life. Oh my gosh. Um, rather than, yes, so-and-so took their lives. So what are we going to do about that? Mm-hmm. Um, words and, and creating space for words is, it's, it's, it's a powerful piece. Most definitely. And speaking truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of piggyback and off of what you were saying about what we're going to do about it, you know, with my self-care brand between conscious sharing and self-care for Black men um, is, you know, one of the things I talk about is can we sit in the fire with someone, you know, because, you know, one of the reasons that we really need to do our own inner work, um, internal work, self-care, um, you know, self-care means different things for different people. But the main thing is, is freeing ourselves and, you know, that having a self-reflection, introspection and self-evaluation. And so that anything where we're stuck at, you know, it can be released. And a lot of times what ends up happening is, um, is that someone can be reaching out for help but then we don't have the capacity to sit with them. Because to be honest, it's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Because I've even realized how much I love what I do. I've been in vicarious trauma most of my career. You know what I'm saying? Because no one talks about it even, you know, like for um, mental health practitioners, you know, mental health professionals was like what trauma does you know, it's not even about thinking about it. It's just what trauma does to the body, mm-hmm. you know, in and of itself. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're, you know, hearing about different people's stories and experiencing with them as well. It's a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and just think about someone who's not, you know, um, in this field, what it does to their nervous system. And so sometimes I think people want to be there, but then don't know what to say. But I really have this, you know, my um, notion is that people kind of physically can't be there because it's too much for their own nervous system to even support someone, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, a lot of layers that this idea of community care, which is actually where we as Africans come from um, outside of this Western world, you know? Um, And and part of that community care included um, individual care first, Mm -hmm. you know? This idea that if you even think you're going to be available to to support somebody, you need to be available to yourself first, Mm -hmm. which is a very, very hard thing because again, 
you know, the nerves and the heart and, and, and the brain want to jump to, oh my gosh, I need to take care of this person, um, which is not, which is not, you know, I'm not, not saying take care of that person. Um, absolutely take care of that person, but slow it down a bit, right? Recognize where you're at mm -hmm. and, and do your best to listen before you make that um, initial big crisis move. You know, and like you said, it's hard to sit in the fire. It's hard. That doesn't come as like second nature to, to folks because sitting in the fire means death, you know, literal death. And then it also means death in the way of like, it's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt. It might hurt a little, it might hurt a lot, but it's going to hurt. Yeah, most definitely. And um, one thing I want to, you know, let people know is that if, you know, them themselves or someone that they know are having any thoughts of not wanting to live, wanting to die, wanting to kill themselves, there is a lot of support out there, you mm -hmm. know, and to definitely reach out and talk to someone. And one thing that I like about now compared to probably even 10 years ago, definitely 15 or more years ago, um, is that there's so many to choose from, you know, um, and generally when it comes to the medical field, they're going to always tell people, you know, to go to see a therapist, um, you know, go to the hospital and things like that. And in which all of that is true too. But what I have found um, on, from a personal and professional basis of what I've learned, especially in the past five years is that, there's so many different ways for you to get support and that's therapeutic mm. and the mental health field and the medical yep. uh, field really need to embrace it even more because I have to say this too. And I don't know if it's been your experience and observation is that sometimes even the meta, the mental health field cannot always be so helpful you know, some of it is a system itself, but to tell everybody to go to therapy, therapy isn't for everybody. And, and we just have to be real with that, you know, yeah. uh, especially talk therapy. And that's why I'm like, you know, the embodiment and recognizing the nervous system um, is really important. And I say that because just because someone may not talk about it, because it's too much and they may not need to talk, talk. They may need to be able to release all of that stuff that's in there, that fear. And there are some things that words just really cannot always do. Um, but, you know, like for self-care for black men and there's black men Hill, there's um, Oasis um, that can connect you with um, mental health services. And then there is, um, uh, Black Boys Um, they do med mm -hmm. uh, meditation and yoga. Um, and there's so many other um, things out there listening to podcasts, you know, um, yeah. and I'm coming across even more so, more um, podcasts. And it's just different ways of how you can learn about mm -hmm. yourself and then learn different ways of how you can cope um, about things that you may not even realize that's there, but there's lots of support 
you know, and I just want people to know that it, it may not look like the way that you think it would be, but you may just be pleasantly surprised, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, but definitely, you know, also saying too, if someone's actually, you know, having any attention or plan, yeah, definitely that's when you go to, you know, I kind of call it, you know, the, the medical place, the mental health um, at that particular point. But if it's before that point, all the other things that I just said, um, yeah. I like this idea that therapy takes many forms. Um, I don't personally use the word therapeutic. I just, I come from a world of an understanding where everything is a form of therapy. Yeah. Um, so I like that, shop. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now, I was no, going to no, say, I like that better, to be honest. And, and really, the medical field and the mental health field has really said, you know, these other things are therapeutic. But I agree with you, to be honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm right mm -hmm. there with I, you. I, I just, I just sit and live with, you know, that we come from a different, um, very ancient understanding of, of self-care, um, self-harm reduction um, that is directly connected to Africa, right? Um, cooking, mm -hmm. um, you name it. I mean, haircuts, church, um, family meetings, uh, large community gatherings, right? The parties. Um, living in, in one household with multiple generations. You, you know, we've, we've done these things before that were therapy-based. Many are, you know, reasons they've been lost. But what, what excites me about this generation specifically, and probably even in the last, like, five years, is that these young folks, and specifically young Black men, have, have really, really opened, like, the, the wound that deep soul wound um, and, and some of it very visceral, you know what I'm saying? Where we can see us being killed um, on TV, but we've reversed that and said like, enough of that is enough. We're gonna use what we have access to, um, to really, you know, shed light like on what's going on. But I mean, for me, the barbershop is where it's at and I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, my wife will tell you this, like easily about an hour, but an hour will turn into almost two hours because we're just sitting there chopping it up with each other. Mm -hmm. And it could be everything from a haircut to what's going on in our homes or in our internal lives, you know? So again, therapy takes many forms. I, I think that we can't forget that we have access to those to those forms as, as people um you know like the old folks say that there's nothing new under the sun i think that's the same mm -hmm. um, we don't we don't have to change this thing um to heal we can go back and reach for the for the old school stuff mm -hmm. um, and then add a you know add a little bit of flavor to it as well like with this generation but you know you're absolutely right and then on the on the flip side of that yeah like if somebody is actively in crisis you know thoughts actions um, specifically a plan is in place as hard as it may be 
we have systems that we can reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, as hard as it might be to reach out to the system um, that historically doesn't necessarily benefit us, right? It's another fear thing that, that lives in the very yeah. real that may not benefit us. Um, however, those, those hotlines, right? Those suicide hotlines, those 24 hour hotlines that you can catch on Google that are across the nation. Um, I love the fact that our therapy world um, is really, really stepping up, especially in the pandemic where, you know, we and, and insurance companies are, are stepping up and saying, um, folks need mental wellness. So you can access that, you know, from California to the Carolinas fairly um, easily and, and almost well, not almost in a very legal way. I see folks in Nevada, Oregon, and Washington, um, and California. Um, I've never had access like that because of the legal loopholes that we mm-hmm. you know, therapists mm-hmm. have to abide by. But you know, now we have this greater um, community access to us. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely that. That's definitely very helpful when it comes to that, because um, a lot of times for some people just may not have that access, you know, yeah. um, without that. And um, and like I said, it's just so, so many different ways. And again, this is kind of like the whole purpose of self-care for Black men is to really just let Black men know in like different places you can go, different conversations you know, and to really work on, you know, the internal part, the self-talk, the conversations that you have with yourself and, and, yep. and know that um, I've been listening to um, Miles Monroe, Dr. Miles Monroe lately, mm. you know, and, um, and of course, he's just a powerful, powerful person, teacher, minister, And, you know, um, and one thing he talked about, he was, he said, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but it was kind of like, he's had several sermons regarding or teachings regarding this, but he was like, everyone is born with a gift. Mm. That seed in you is a gift. And if you don't know what your gift is, you got to go look for it. Someone has something that you need, that they need. You have something that someone needs, but you may not know it yet. And they may Mm. not know it yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And one thing I can say too, I can say that for myself, not that I never felt, I never felt that I wasn't needed, but I felt, um, I didn't know, um, I was doing a live, on my other um, platform and um, I just have a, a certain way about me and and then in the live I think at the time that I was talking I was like oh my I got a story now because mm-hmm. you know for me you know for the most part you know I, I am like a happy-go-lucky person I mean, I've had you know dark moments in my life there was one time I would say when I was in a really dark moment and I would say I didn't, I felt like it wouldn't matter if I lived or not. I didn't have mm. suicidal thoughts per se, but it just didn't matter. And that happened just for a short moment, you know, then, you know, I'm like, 
let me get back. But because of the experience that I was having and where I am now, I'm like, oh my, that's my story. Because I've always been, you know, kind of the person that I am, you know, up until those little dark moments. But before I didn't have a story, you know, to say, oh, we're do this, do that, da, 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 da. But now I have a story. And so not to say that everybody needs to have a story. However, most of us probably do in some form or fashion, you know, because, you know, like other than, you know, living in a um, single parent household, coming to low income family, I had that story, you know, but now I have something else on what I've gone through and where I can show people it's like, hey, I've been through this. And even though you may be there, but there is a other side for it. You, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And Absolutely. so when you do, even if you're currently living in a story or as Miles Monroe say, you know, seasons don't last, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what he says, you know, God put you through those things so that, you know, you're going to come out of it and you can help someone else. And it was kind of like, that's your <clears throat> gift, you know, because it brings out, he said, those things, crisis bring out those things in you to help you get on the other side that you may have never thought about before, you know? So, yeah. The, the idea that a, a Christ crisis have opportunities in them, I, I think is, I mean, it's critical, it's crucial. And I also think it's, you know, it's one of those solution intervention based sort of uh, ideas for me. Um, and for me, it just goes back to, um, us being okay telling our story mm-hmm. um, because nothing happens or has happened in our lives just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. There was an experience that caused a brain chemical reaction, that caused a body reaction, that caused a heart action, and then an outcome. Um, so everyone has a story, mm-hmm. you know, everyone does for, for how they think, do, and, and act. Um, I just come, I get very careful about solutions and interventions, you know, because I do my best personally to center folks' stories and identities um, from a place of let me, let me understand. Let me understand your loneliness. Let me understand um, that really dark part of you that, that feels and thinks he doesn't want to be here. Let me understand him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't want to assume because assumptions are, are 50-50 shots. And, you know, as, as much of a therapist as I'm IV, I, I probably fail 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so this idea for me, I'm, I'm big on just conversation and conversations for understanding. Um, the statistics are out there. Um, they do mean something, but they don't tell the full story, nor mm-hmm. does research research doesn't tell the full human story um and, and you know the, the flip side of that is I, i've i've personally seen folks um that i've seen and, and even family members come back out of um suicide almost completing suicide or even you know the the idea of of 
thinking about it and what they've come back. And, and I think this is the large majority of folks that I've experienced, they come back and tell me, man, it, if I had known that not only did this thing exist with me, but quite a few other folks, because I had to go to a hospital to see that connection. But if I had known that there was words that I could put to it, instead mm-hmm. of acting it out, instead of um, storing it in my body, it becomes a different thing for me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Again, the statistics are, are very real for completion. So, But the vast majority of us literally sit in this confused state of what it means, you know, and, and what suicide um, is versus what it actually is. So the other part of, of conversation that I'm big on is putting words to our experiences, but then also providing like a framework and an ed, like a, a psych ed, you know, the educational piece for our folks, um, especially my little dudes, because, you know, they tend to act out the most because their language is just developing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And that pretty much also kind of coincides with you know, the pillars of um, self-care for Black men Mm. is that, you know, the first one is um, self-awareness and then self-awareness is that introspection, self-evaluation, self-reflection. And then the second one is um, pretty much sitting in silence, you know, because it's that piece where you may not be able to have the words and then you may be able to feel it um, and then deep rest. And that's kind of like, um, I guess you say regulating the nervous system, generating it. Um, like I uh, practice and teach restorative yoga. So that's one mm. way of getting, because it's different from sleep, you know, because it's to pretty much turn off that fight, flight, freeze and to get into that, you know, deep breath and that um, parasympathetic nervous system. And then the last one is uh, movement or take action, Mm -hmm. you know, and I always tell people, you really need all three of those things for the first one for that self-awareness. And when you were talking about, you know, having the words, but it's kind of like in order to get the nerve, the words, sometimes there's other things that may have to be done. And then like for people who are listening, you know, like, I guess you could say one way of supporting in which we kind of already touched bases on it is that again, people really just need to be heard, you know? And so the more we do our own self work, then we can just hold someone's hand in the fire, you know, so they can come up with the words. And, and, and I tell people this, you know, a lot too, is that, you know, not just children, even adults don't have the words mm-hmm. when they're experiencing something, you know, you just feel it, you know, you just yeah. feel horrible or, or wherever it may be. And so um, just to be able to try and get to the core of what's going on with them and just know that, hey, let me listen to this person. And then from there, then you may need to go and talk to somebody to kind of let go, <laughs> let go. <laughs> of all that energy that has come up because it's not, you know, we have to be real, you know, when we're supporting someone, professional or not, it's not always the easiest thing, you know, either. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think the the work is on the individual, but then it's also on the community and then mm-hmm. the the folks within the community to to put in to put in the work to 
to be well, um, even in the midst of crisis, like the crisis of we're running out of time. Mm -hmm. We don't have time for this. Um, you know, a lot, even checking my words, you know, it's a matter of life and death, like these extreme ideas, um, we can slow those down, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and yeah. Here's and another thing really... that I think is, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I think you brought up something about movement and, and I think movement, especially for, for us as black men is important um, to, to releasing even before we put words to what's going on. It's important, and 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 I think we can't forget that we come from um, a culture and, and a continent where movement was huge, mm -hmm. right? Whether we were hunting or we were dancing, um, movement was was key to our wellness. You know what I'm saying? So I I I appreciate that um, that word and just that acknowledgement around movement. It's, it's important. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> And so what are some last things or thoughts that you want to say regarding, you know, suicide in the Black community and especially among Black men? That's a loaded question. But to sum it up, uh, you know, doing something, it, it is important. It, it is. And, and I don't want to dismiss that idea, especially around uh, thoughts of, of suicide. Um, however, I, I just come from a space of like, we, we can't heal what we aren't willing to speak. And, um, you know, viscerally raw point out. Um, like, I, I can be honest and, and say that I think there's a lack of compassion and care for young black men and boys. That's just yeah. a fact. Um, mm -hmm. We see it across the board, in yeah. and outside the community. Um, and that goes socially, that goes economically it goes physically those maslow needs those are facts um however though like the other piece of it for me that's important i want like black men and, and boys to hear this too is um the message being communicated through social media um maybe at the house maybe within the community setting um has an element of like a lie to it right don't believe it it is okay to say something. It is okay to reach out to, whether it's your barber or your pastor or, you know, your homeboy um, who, who has a solid head on him. Um, I think that's important. It's okay to reach out. Um, and it's okay to reach out and say, I don't know. Because I think that's another lie that we're fed is we're not allowed to say, I don't know. And, and, and I'm letting y'all know now that that's a lie. It's okay to not know. It's okay to not know how you feel or what's going on with you. And it's okay to, to, to say that very clearly and specifically. Um, and then, you know, for like the global, and, and I think the, the country, y'all gotta be held accountable to this idea that like black men and, and boys, whether it's through media or at school or in the workplace, Place. like we need to change the message of you're not valued to you are valued you are a member of the society you, you know what I mean um that's the greater system's responsibility because mm -hmm. everything you know feeds off of that and and the other part of that message for the for the country I think for me is um 
the message also needs to include that we have like meaning and purpose. You, you know what I mean? Um, so that's what I would put out there. Yeah. Good, thank you. Thank you very much. And that's um, we definitely need that. And I would just add on to that is, you know, I'm a big advocate of self-care. And so that goes into the personal relationships and even professional relationships, you know, that we have, you know, with each other, you know, um, and, you know, we can be thinking mm. that someone reacts in a certain way, but do we ask, you know, you know, it's, it's almost like where, where's your head at, you know, what's going on? Cause you, we just really never know. We, mm -hmm. you know, regardless of what, how someone, even though somebody can say that they're okay, I'm like, if your senses just tell you something else, you know, just ask again. And sometimes we're so busy and this is why we need to slow ourselves down. You know, like mm -hmm. in the beginning we did, you know, the pause for breathing. It's so important to incorporate that because it allows us to get in touch with ourselves and allows us to listen. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate you coming on to Voices for Black Men. Thank you. And um, this is a conversation, you know, that needed to be had. And like I said, there's so many different ways, you know, I guess you could say you can, we can talk about it, but I just think it needs to be talked about. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, thank you for having me. Um, if I may, Folks can follow me on Instagram at G Maza L M F T. Um, so feel free. I, I throw some one hundred ones in there and, and try to open up dialogue and conversation with folks on there as well. Um, it's the same thing for Facebook. Um, same uh, handle. So please, yeah. Well, again, everyone, thank you for joining us. Since you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe to Self Care You podcast on Anchor or Spotify. You can also find us on YouTube at Sharon D. Brown Self Care Authority. For updates on self care workshops, training, and conferences, visit us at www.ourfirmholisticnetwork.net, and that's holistic with the W. Follow Sharon on Instagram at I am Sharon D. Brown. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next episode. Stay informed, advocate, and be a compassionate self-care giver.